0: This afternoon, we will be uh, studying further on what Scripture teaches about the death of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, His death on the cross, and what it achieved for us who believe in Him. So we are going to be looking at, uh, to guide us in this, we're going to be looking at Lord's Day 16 of the Heidelberg Catechism. Lord's Day 16, why was it necessary for Christ to humble himself even unto death? Because of the justice and truth of God, satisfaction for our sins could be made in no other way than by the death of the Son of God. Why was he buried? His burial testified that he had really died. Since Christ has died for us, why do we still have to die? Our death is not a payment for our sins but it puts an end to sin and is an entrance into eternal life. What further benefit do we receive from Christ's sacrifice and death on the cross? Through Christ's death, our old nature is crucified, put to death, and buried with him, so that the evil desires of the flesh may no longer reign in us, but that we may offer ourselves to him as a sacrifice of thankfulness. Why is added, He descended into hell? In my greatest sorrows and temptations, I may be assured and comforted that my Lord Jesus Christ, by His unspeakable anguish, pain, terror, and agony, which He endured throughout all His sufferings, but especially on the cross, has delivered me from the anguish and torment of hell. As far the reading of our confession. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, throughout our lives, the course of our lives, we will experience certain events that are life-changing moments, things that change the course of our lives. We will face turning points in our lives at one point or another. As you grow older and look back on the time you have lived so far, I'm sure you can think of big events and think you know that this day and uh, this event, it, it changed everything for me. Maybe you talked to someone which led you to choose a particular career path. Uh, maybe it was meeting your future spouse. Maybe it was an accident or a sickness you received. Maybe it was a sermon you heard that hit home like it hadn't hit home before. Uh, But whatever the case may be, certain events can be life-changing. And if you're younger, you will have those events and days in your life. Well, beloved, this afternoon we're focusing on the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. And the cross of Jesus Christ is an event like that, but even more so. It's so much more life-impacting and life-changing than any other event that might have happened in our lives, for us. You see, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ changes everything for the believer. It's the ultimate turning point for us. It's changed our status before God. It's changed our very selves, our nature, our character. And it also has changed our future. It's true that not every change in life is a good one. Not every turning point uh, in life is a welcome one. But The change brought about by the cross of Christ is good in every way. And so as I preach you God's word this afternoon, I'll do so under the following theme and points. The cross of Jesus Christ changes everything for the believer. We'll look at, first of all, how it transforms our life, and second, how it transforms our death. So for the believer, the crucifixion of Christ is not merely an event that just took place in the past, around 2,000 years ago. It's an event that is actually very personal for us. It's actually an event that we, as believers, share in. And so it's an event that also changes everything about our lives. And it changes how we live every day. What do I mean by this? Well, take, for example, Paul's inspired words in Galatians 6, 14 and 15. He says, far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Let's unpack those words. Here Paul affirms the death of Christ has affected him deeply. It's not just an event that happened 2,000 years ago or shortly before or during Paul's life. It changed his life. Very nature, his person. He says, "In the death of Christ, Paul has been crucified to the world, and the world to him." And this is what has happened for every one of you who believes. The cross of Jesus Christ has changed our our relationship to the unbelieving world. You see, by nature we belong to the fallen world. We all. Uh, are sinners before God. We joined Adam in rebellion against God. And in our sinful nature, we have the same values, the same sinful desires as the world. But Christ, through the cross, has changed that for us. He has pulled us out of the world by making us share in His crucifixion. We are united with Christ in his death on the cross. And so now as believers, we stand on the opposite side of the cross from the unbelieving world as those who share in Christ's crucifixion, and so our nature has been changed. This is part of what Paul means when he says the world has been crucified to him and he to the world. Believers stand on the opposite side of the cross as the unbeliever, and now there's an antithesis between them. There's an antithesis between us and those who do not believe in Christ. Christ has pulled you out of the world through his death to the side of life and salvation. And this is what question and answer 43 of Lord's Day 16 is getting at. There it says, What further benefit do we receive from Christ's sacrifice and death on the cross? Through Christ's death, our old nature is crucified, put to death, and buried with him, so that the evil desires of the flesh may no longer reign in us, but that we may offer ourselves to him as a sacrifice of thankfulness. So we have been changed by the cross of Christ. As a believer, you have been changed. Instead of only having a sinful nature, you've been given a new nature. Your old self has been crucified with Christ. Your new self has been raised with Christ. This is why Paul says in Galatians 6 verse 15, For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, because it cannot change your nature. But what does count? A new creation. And that's what we are through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's now going to change how you live, how you live your life. It's going to change your perspective on, on life and what you value and how you live. See, the more you believe this and see this, the more you're going to act differently than those who do not know Christ. Change your entire life from the inside out. You see, the unbelieving world has its heart set on opposing God and uh, living for self and glorifying self. The unbelieving world is set on pursuing simple desires. Scripture says, we are new creations. The desires the world pursues have lost their grip on us. And they will ever increasingly lose their grip on us. You see, as we understand and believe that we are new creations in Christ, the attraction of the world, those old desires will fade more and more. And now we pursue obedience in life as those who have been recreated. And there's one very specific way that this changes our life. Listen again to what Paul says in Galatians 6, verse 14. He says, Far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Far be it from me, he says. May I never boast in anything else. And that's quite a a radical statement, isn't it? Well, this is how far removed the believer is from the unbelieving world. The cross has become the ground of all of our boasting. And ultimately, we don't boast in anything else. And that's so radically different than our old nature. The world boasts in human strength, in human achievement, in the things of the flesh. In Galatians 6, Paul mentions also religious achievements. Some of the unbelieving Jews, they were boasting that they were circumcised. In our world, it's not often religious achievement that people boast in. People boast in their athletic performance, in their academic achievement, in their business success, uh, their looks, whatever it might be. Right When it comes to sports, there's always the, the debate about who is The goat. Goat standing for greatest of all time. This is what people pursue and desire. Everyone wants to be that goat. People boast that they're the best at this, the best at that. They seek to glorify themselves. People boast in their fame and their riches, pursue these things with all their might. What's at the heart of this boasting and pride? It's our old nature, fallen in Adam. Humans turn their backs on God. We did so as well. And now sinful humans pursue life apart from God, and the pursuit of these achievements give the appearance of having life, even though there is none, not true life. It's a false hope. Even though there appears to be power, appears to be strength and life, there's not. There's, there's death. There's, their outer nature is wasting away without the hope of eternal life. But as Christians, our perspective is radically different. We make all our boasting in the cross of Christ. And why is that? It's because Jesus Christ is the true goat, greatest of all time. Jesus Christ gave the top 10 performances to end all top 10 performances. And how did he do this? By making himself nothing. By giving up his life. By giving up his glory. By becoming a servant. By sacrificing himself completely for others. And that, that is true greatness that the world does not understand. Christ Jesus, the glorious Son of God, willing to die on a cross, naked and bleeding, full of shame for his enemies. Now, who in the world would do this? Christ Jesus, the Son of God, did. He did it to save us, and that is true love. That's why we boast in him. This is what our Savior, our King, did for us. And this is one reason, though, why the cross of Christ is foolishness to unbelievers. They don't understand how someone could boast in such an inglorious thing, like the cross of Christ. Uh, A person who's bleeding and dying on a cross, why would you boast in that? But it's most definitely not foolishness to God. It's love. The life of Christ and his performance the type of performance that God delights in. Psalm 147, verse 10 says about God he is, His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the legs of a man. But what does God delight in? He delights in his Son, who willingly lay down his life for us. That's why God the Father exalted Jesus Christ. Hebrews 2 verse 9 says, We see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, now crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death. See, when we see what Jesus has done for us in his death, for us, it's also something we delight in as the Father delighted in. Christ made himself nothing for you, you sitting here, all of you. And that's why he's our hero. That's why we praise him and exalt him and love him. It's because of what he did for us. You know, it makes me think of Goliath from 1 Samuel 17. The Philistines boasted in Goliath in human strength. This was their hero, their savior. And Goliath, too, spoke boastful words. But their boasting came crashing down when human flesh failed. But we boast in Jesus Christ, a weak Savior who suffered and died. But he was raised forever. And this too will transform our lives. In all things we boast, only in the cross And given what I've said, you might begin to wonder, well, if we boast only in the cross of Christ and not in ourselves, does that mean we should not strive for things like athletic achievement or not try reach for straight A's in school or not aim for artistic excellence or things like that? But no, as Christians, we pursue those things. But in all those things, the cross of Christ is still the ground of our boasting no matter what we might achieve in this life. Why is that? It's because we know we are only able to accomplish any of those things because the cross of Christ has turned God's face towards us in blessing. The only reason why we can achieve anything in life because God the Father's face has been turned towards us in blessing. We find God's blessing in all of life only because of the cross of Christ. And so, whatever we accomplish, we give God in Christ Jesus all the glory. None of it is possible without Him. So, we are not proud like the world is proud. Yes, the unbelieving world is not under the blessing of God and still often find success in those things, but the source of all those things is still God. The world doesn't give Him glory. Let us boast, however, in the cross of Christ. This changes us in one more way. We become more like Christ in this life. Remember, we're new creations, as Paul says in Galatians 6, and as Question answer 43 describes God's at work through the cross of Christ, recreating us into the image of his Son. And so, through that, through the cross, you too will display a self giving life. As Paul says in Philippians, wife, uh, Philippians 1 to live is Christ. To live is Christ. Live like him. If you do live that life, you may face ridicule from the world, but that's okay. We are like our Savior, our glorious Savior. That brings us to our second point. So the cross of Jesus Christ not only transforms our life, but it also transforms our death. And to help us understand this fully, I want to begin this section by pointing to Hebrews 2, verse 14. There it says that the devil... Has the power of death. That might strike us as odd. Uh, Doesn't God have power over all things? And did not God bring death upon humans as punishment for sin? And yes, those things are true. And yet, the devil still has the power of death in his hand. How is that true? Well, the devil is called a murderer from the beginning. When he came to tempt Adam and Eve, he was aiming to take away from them eternal life. And He incited Adam and Eve to sin against God. And their fall to sin ushered into this world the rule of sin and death over all humanity. Satan is the upstart king in this world. And the world blindly follows him. And he has a reign of terror over the earth. Uh, He keeps people subject to sin and also therefore death. And he blinds the eyes of people so that they do not repent and believe. And Satan knows that his time is short before he himself is cast into hell. So he tries to take down as many people as he can with him. And he keeps people in slavery to sin and so they are also still in the grip of death. As he knows, the justice of God requires damnation for sinners. And even though sinful humanity is blinded by Satan, humans are still held in slavery of fear of death. That's what Hebrews 2, verse 15, tells us. And we know this is the case as, as we look around us in this world. People are scared to grow old, people are afraid to die, uh, they're held in slavery by this fear. People proudly claim that they believe they are not accountable to a higher being. They speak as though they believe when their life is over, then that's all there is. But we know it's all just a charade. It's wishful thinking on their part. Unbelieving humans can't break free from this nagging feeling that they are guilty before God, and that's because they are. They They can't break free from that sense there is something else that lies beyond the grave. That's because there is. God has put eternity into the heart of man. and People can't suppress it all the way. And so all the unbeliever can look forward to after physical death is eternal death. And so humans are held in slavery to death. But for us who believe, Christ has transformed death through the cross. Hebrews 2 puts it like this Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Through his death, Christ Jesus destroyed the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil. He destroyed his power. He's done so in two main ways. Hebrews 2 verse 9 says that because of the suffering of, of death, Christ Jesus is now crowned with glory and honor. Because he humbled himself unto death, God the Father crowned his son king of this world. He has never-ending life. He has the right to judge the world, including the evil one, the devil. And so Christ's death, his obedience to death is sealed the devil's punishment. That's not all. Christ's death destroyed the devil in the sense that Jesus robbed him of his power over us who had sinned against God. The devil held us captive by nature because we were sinners too by nature. And so he held us in slavery to fear of death because our sins deserve death and damnation. Sinners and the justice of God must die and be condemned. So it was as if the devil had us in checkmate. What did the Son of God do? He came to share in our flesh and blood. He did. He came to pay our penalty for us and in our place. Question and answer 40 says, Why was it necessary for Christ to humble himself even unto death? Because of the justice and truth of God... Satisfaction for our sins could be made in no other way than by the death of the Son of God. The justice and truth of God demanded that we die for sin. And so Satan used God's justice against us. That's how we, he held us in slavery to fear of death. It seemed like the devil had won. But the love of God, the wisdom of God, the power of God is stronger than the hatred of the devil. Hebrews 2 says, The Son of God made himself lower than the angels and has tasted death for us. His death is counted as your death, as your payment for sin. So in the cross of Christ, the penalty has been paid. It's been paid for you who believe in Jesus Christ. It's been paid once and for all. No other payment needs to be made. So the cross of Christ was Satan's defeat and our salvation. Christ redeemed us from the enslaving hand of the devil. He's freed us to live in the joy of salvation. Indeed, believe in Christ. You have eternal life in Him. Live in the joy of that salvation. See, Christ, by a single offering, has made us perfect forever. And so we can confess in Lord's Day 4. Uh, 16 In all my greatest sorrows and temptations, I may be assured and comforted that my Lord Jesus Christ, by his unspeakable anguish, pain, terror, and agony, which he endured throughout all his sufferings, but especially on the cross, has delivered me from the anguish and torment of hell. Christ Jesus suffered hell for you so that you would not have. To suffer it yourself. And there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And, by, and Christ by his death has secured our place in heaven with God. And that changes everything. So death has been transformed by Christ for you who believe. Question 42 asks, since Christ has died for us, why do we still have to die? The answer is our death is not a payment for our sins. It puts an end to sin and is an entrance into eternal life. As Hebrews 2 says, Christ has brought many sons to glory, and that's you who believe. By faith, we are the children of God. We have the spirit of sonship. And so in a very real sense, we who believe are already in the presence of God by the spirit. And to die for the believer... To die is to go where you already are in Christ. For you are in Christ who is in heaven. He is your elder brother. He's purchased your spot in God's family by his death. Beloved, hold on to this message of life. And do not be afraid. Christ has transformed your future death, if you should die before the Lord comes back. Do not be afraid to get old. Do not be afraid to go into the grave. See the eternal life won for you by Jesus Christ. Be assured of eternal life through the cross. And so also, now live for your Savior. Live for your Savior. What is your life here on earth? It is a mist. It is a blink of an eye compared to eternity. Why spend this short life on yourself and on fleeting things? Live for God. Live for Christ. And look forward to eternal life. Amen.